G'day Legends Legendaries, welcome to another episode of Generation Get To It, a sugar hit of positivity and health for you to get the most out of yourself to inspire this generation and the next. Make sure you like, subscribe, get the latest episodes, and share the word to get more people out there changing their lives for the better. So on our journey to get all the most inspiring and amazing guests from many different sports and backgrounds, we have an amazing guest in Joel Woodridge. Joel is a professional triathlete and also someone who spends a lot of time working on personal development and also cutting his time between both Australia and Europe, most notably Switzerland. So Joel is a hardworking young soul who just continues to persist and push through all the injuries and all the challenges that life faces when it comes to being a professional triathlete. He's someone that I think you'll find a lot of inspiration from in terms of being able to push outside of your comfort zone to seek knowledge from others and also to make sure that he's doing the best, not just himself, but also those around him. As you've seen in the episode, talks about a lot of really cool things associated with finding ways to improve, even though you're being injured or something is holding you back, and also how our identity is not exactly related to the results we get, but more so to the effort we put in, and I think it's really inspiring. So there are so many lessons in there this episode, so make sure you listen all the way to the end and I'm sure you'll find some great benefit in between. So without further ado, let's get to it. How was your race last the other week, the one in um, Thailand? Well, I started with, um, I did two races in the last uh, sort of two weeks. So the first one was Laguna Phuket Triathlon in, in Thailand, in one of the people I know who's been involved with the race for a long time actually hooked me up with a, like a bit of a package, a pro package. So it was good. I got um looked after very well with a few nights at a five-star resort, a food allowance, airport transfers, and then the race as well. So it was yeah, a really good experience. The race itself was super tough, like really what you'd expect in Thailand, super hot, humid. And, um, yeah, but it went, went well, had a great, great swim, which is something I've been working on in particular over the last year is trying to minimize the deficit that I come out of the swim with. Had, yes, I had a good swim, bike was decent, and then the run was kind of unknown, carrying a injury. We recently found it was a stress fracture in my heel, but it um, held up fine during that during the race, so can't complain. Came in fourth and picked up a little bit of prize money, which ended up covering my airfare. So basically like a paid for holiday. <laughs> That's brilliant. And it's not, um, it's nothing out of the ordinary having uh, some kind of stress fracture or something for a, 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 a triathlete. I feel like you're always carrying some kind of heavy soreness or something that you're managing along the way, like some heavy niggle. Yeah. Over, overuse injuries are super common and it seems like every year you sort of Oh, I've had basically every, feels like I've had every injury under the sun, but you try and learn, learn from them and work out the mistakes that you've made that have led to that injury and try and avoid avoid it happening again. Triathlon, I guess, is because you've got three sports. It's, I think it's pretty rare that you're injured in swim, bike, and run. So usually, if you're, usually it's a running where injuries are more common just because of the weight-bearing aspect of it. So there's always something to work on. So in my case, swim and bike when you're injured on the run. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. But you, you said there's you're never really injured with all three. So 
even if you have one which falls comes down like say you have like a shoulder injury or you have an ankle injury you can always focus on a different leg and improve in that area more so than just trying to um call it quits and training when going gets tough in one area so that's quite cool i think it's quite good um way to live live life in general right like if something is bringing down in some way there's always something you can focus on and improve that you may not have had the time to before that so i imagine it because you guys do a huge amount of hours during the week of training um and i'm sure there's always times of year where you want to improve one area more than the other but do you do you tend to find that you use the time that you're injured to focus on other legs as opposed to having like kind of a set plan the whole year where you're going to be you know you're just trying to even out everything well you always kind of have a plan in the back of your mind of how things want you how you want want things to go but it's um very rarely the case that things go 100% according to the plan so you have to adapt and in like with injuries as an example for me I, I find usually there's a state a first stage of sort of denial or grief I guess when when you get injured and it kind of can be frustrating but usually the best way to work around it is instead of thinking about what you can't do I like to try and focus on what you can do so whether that's what you can do to try and speed up the recovery process injury or working on the other three legs or even finding something like that's not specifically related to training like maybe you can improve your equipment choices or improve your um like bike position or something like that so trying to focus on things that you can do rather than wait around or feel sorry for yourself focusing on what you can't do yeah so it sounds like you have a bit of a process there when it comes to having an injury or having something that's holding you back so at the very i wonder why i want to talk talk about uh your process of how you go through and and finding the areas that you need to work on because you said the very start of that point there that the first step is to actually accept that you have an injury or you have something that's holding you back and then and then you find a way from there but how, what's the, what are the kind of steps or the process do you go through when you find out you have an injury and you go oh, i accept i have an injury then then where do you go from there well usually it's um sort of touching touching base with your support network so coaches dietitians um people psychologists whoever you work with and I guess it, it's kind of um, usually as a triathlete, usually creatures of habit and you have like your set routine. So usually it's trying to quickly try and find a new new routine that gives you purpose in each day. That can be, you say it's usually not the, the physical pain of the injury. That's the toughest part. It's usually the psychological challenge of having like, if you're used to having so many hours of the day filled with, training and then you can't do that anymore trying to figure out or find to fill that time with so you still have the sense of productivity and like you've got the sense of purpose and I think one of the other things that helps is um trying to not have your whole identity attached to your sport which it can sometimes be easy to fall into and try and realize that 
you're more than just the sport that you're training for or trying to get better at. You're trying to see like what, find out what your actual values. Yeah. So for me, I guess if you woke, if you woke up and couldn't do it at all the following day, what would, what would you do? And I was probably trying to find something that's, I guess the thing that's interesting about triathlon for me or that appeals to me is it's like a vehicle to show the values that I think are dedication being doing doing something to challenge yourself so I guess if you couldn't do triathlon trying to find something something else that you could dedicate yourself to or challenge challenge yourself in a way but yeah that's the difficult thing with with injuries is sometimes you feel like that's taken away from you so yeah that's a really wise point actually because like I said the I'm sure a lot of the time you tie your identity to your values. And I imagine something which, uh, so you tie your identity to your triathlon. And so like when you tie your identity to your triathlon, I can imagine that when your triathlon is not doing so well, for example, you have an injury and you can't compete and you can't win and you can't be up on the, you know, the podium where you'd like to be, that it probably has, there's a bit of confliction there in your own personal self where you're maybe not achieving enough and not, actually getting the most out of yourself so to speak so have you kind of gone along with that journey to understand that you know your identity is not tied up in your triathlon or just being an athlete but where do, where does that lead you there i think i think it's good to to get to work to work around that is to have other things that you're passionate about in in life so for me even though it's quite similar, I also do a bit of triathlon coaching on this on the side. So, um, putting energy into that as well, or a different passion project, can be helpful. Um, yeah, I guess it's just yeah, it's it's a it's a difficult one because to be to be good at any or to be a high achiever at anything, you have to be a hundred percent focused on it, and you can't half ass it. So it's kind of trying to find that balance between giving something a hundred percent, but then also not being so high haywire that you're not, um, you're not like completely lost. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a great point. I do. I do really, really like that. How you said that you can find something else you're passionate about and use that as a tool to help shape your identity. But I also understand that, yeah, there's the, there's the other side of the, says that you can't, you know, be the best that we're going to do unless you spend a whole lot of time focusing on it. So it's one of those things where I'm sure that it varies day to day in terms of what your your mood is and what you're focusing on towards. But I think it's great that you've got that self-awareness of that your identity is not tied into it. Although you do, this is obviously really high on your priority list to actually achieve and, and be better at triathlon and therefore you're going to put all your effort into it but i can imagine it's one of those things where it may not uh it's like a, a it could almost be a daily battle in terms of trying to keep yourself mindful about where your focus is does that make sense yeah ex- exactly and i think um realizing that oh, f- for me anyway my identity even though i'm uh, currently doing triathlon the things that appeal to me about triathlon like I said the the values that that generally to be good at in any endurance sport um 
their values and attributes or traits that make a good endurance athlete. So that's discipline, determination, doing challenging things and overcoming adversity. Those are the things that I value about triathlon or why it appeals to me. So I guess having that as a part of your identity is a, they're all admirable, admirable traits, but there's plenty of, plenty of um, like things that you can do that show, show those, those traits or different um, things you can do in life that also have those traits that, that I value or that I think society values. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. It's, and triathlon, um, cause you know, I've done a handful of triathlons, not heaps successfully, but have done them. And I got to say like, yeah, the discipline and the determination is like nothing else. There's, you spend a lot of hours out there training and in the pool on the bike and the run. Like, I just feel like there's just one thing after another and you're basically fighting to get some food in between you in, in between the sessions every day. But have you found that you've always possessed these traits or these, these values, or there's something that you've, you've built up over a longer time? I th- I think it's a, a combination of, of both. I think, um, uh, like uh it's a bit of nature and nurture so i think naturally i'd been sort of a disciplined or hard hard working hard working person but i think i was i think that's just the way i am also i get some of those traits from like the way people i surround myself with or look up to so in particular my parents how they've raised me or always basically encourage you to do your best or with everything, whether that's school or with sport and things like, um, like just as an example, um, going through like primary school, like you don't get to play or do what, like have play with your toys or go to training or whatever, if you don't complete your homework or apply yourself in school. So I think, yeah, naturally I've got some of those traits. So to do well at, endurance sports you have to have those um traits but i think also it's part of the way i've been been brought up mm. yeah that's, that's a really good one actually because i do find that yeah it's a a common theme for a lot of people is that they've had some kind of boundaries or some rules in place which are going to help them shape the the character um and yeah definitely a lot of that comes through having parents that are putting the time and effort to actually help shape the character of of you but there's also I think a lot which comes from the fact that you've continually put yourself in those situations to to pursue more because I know a bit about your backstory in terms of the fact that you know there for a lot of triathletes particularly in Australia it's quite difficult to get out into the world simply because we're so far away from everyone and I do know that you were, you spent a lot of your hard work and energy to actually get in touch with some of the best coaches in the world um, who are, you know, Aussie, but living overseas as well. Um, but yeah, I do know that that was something that you, you pursued and actually put the time and effort into, which is, you know, that in itself, like a massive challenge. And it's, it's quite brave to actually, you know, whether it's to send the email or to put yourself out there and, and, you know, 
access to, to get access to these people. But I found that was something that you did. So it's it's a credit to yourself in terms of that you've continued on the path and you just haven't let all these skills and attributes that you build up along the way stop you, but you can all go to rest, but you've actually put the effort in to find out more. But I imagine that's something, especially if you want to be a high performer in what you do when and when it comes to triathlon is that you continually put yourself out there and 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 find find who's the best and who you can reach out to and actually learn more from. So would that be something that you would kind of agree with? Yeah, I think um yeah it's 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 interesting. Triathlon's kind of a unique sport. Like yeah, so there's it's an it's an individual sport, but it's it's unique in that um you're definitely not on your own. So you do have a big team behind you like coaches, dietitians, physios, um and then and but then because it is a niche sport, there's not a lot like a there's not always like a um pathway that's to follow. It's kind of like you have to create your own team on your own and network on your own. So you you're in charge of the coaches that you want and the dietitians or physios that you choose to work with and I guess unlike unlike other sports that are more well established where you kind of might go into an institute of sport or a professional team and have all that done for you with triathlon you're kind of your own your own manager in a way so um, it's up to your own research and find out who the best best coaches are for you and yeah I guess for me I've early on I sort of took that approach in reaching out to coaches that were sort of world-class and trying to find find out emails or phone numbers or ways to get in touch and try and network and give myself the best opportunity to, to be surrounded by um, athletes and training partners and coaches that I thought would help me help me improve the most and I guess it, you could kind of sit around and try and wait for those things to fall into your lap but I found um, the more proactive you are with like sending out emails and have uh yeah sending out emails contacting people the lucky you get like you might get turned down or not you might not get a response majority of the time but I guess the more uh fishing lines you have in the water the more lucky you get and also I found the more if you train hard and people can see that you're disciplined and what you like if you're telling them that you're gonna train hard and put in the effort when they actually see your dedication people people want to help you and I guess triathlon's a sport like that where people want the, the harder you work the luckier you get and people see that and want to help you out with whether that's with race entries or sponsorships or things like that so it's kind of like um it's kind of um encouraging like and yeah it just makes you want to keep working harder and keep trying and you yeah, try and get more more opportunities. Mm, very unique mindset. And it sounds like when you one thing tends to lead to the other. So making the contacts gets you the race injuries and the sponsorships, which helps fuel your journey along the way. But how many like rejections did you have to go through to get to the position you are now then? Oh it's plenty. I'm thinking like as young as 14, I was already sending out emails asking for like local wetsuit sponsorships and things and of course um yeah I guess well yeah you just get 
a lot of the time you won't get a reply or people won't budget for you, but then occasionally you meet someone who's else you might email or get in touch with can can see that as well and can share the same vision and wants to get on board and help you out. And yeah, I guess it, it's it's a bit of a snowball effect in the more opportunities you get, the the better you get, the you start to get some better results and yeah, it's just uh, you get bigger and better opportunities and I guess as an athlete all you can do is um keep keep doing your best and keep training hard and trying to apply yourself so that when those opportunities come you're ready for them I think the worst thing would be to have a as an example like get the opportunity to go to a special race or a big training camp and then have been slacking off and not be in the best shape that you can be to make the most of that opportunity so Mm, yeah, absolutely, definitely. Um, I'm just looking at your sponsors now, and you've got um, well, you got some sponsors which are obviously triathlon related, but then you've also got ones like Budgie Smuggler. Yep. If you're on the team, <laughs> how did you come across getting them? Oh, that was a that was they're one of my uh, best sponsors. Actually, they provided me with a bit of financial support, which has helped helped a lot to pay for airfares and accommodation and equipment and stuff to get to races the last few years but um it was actually I when I first made the move to long course triathlon I reached out to a professional triathlete just over Instagram um Tim Reed he's a was a 70.3 world champ or half Ironman world champion and had, had won plenty of races and I wanted to get a or I needed a new bike and a new um I didn't have the budget to afford a brand new one but I still wanted the best I could get so Tim I knew Tim was a similar height to me so I would have a similar size bike and just DM'd him on Instagram and he was, ended up getting one of his secondhand bikes and that's how my relationship with him sort of started and I kept in touch with him back and forth and anyway after a year or so I was sort of just hitting him up with different questions and so forth. I got, he invited me down to a training camp that he was holding in Jindabyne just to help out with some of the athletes that he coached and sort of uh, myself, him and another one of the coaches on the camp, Clint Rowlings, were chatting about ways to make money in the sport. And um, Tim was actually famous for being sponsored by Budgie Smuggler and racing in Budgie Smugglers and they came up with the idea for me to, it started out as a joke was they said, would I race in budgie smugglers and go by the racing nickname, the red rocket. And I said, yes. And initially it started out as a joke. And then when I got back to Sydney after the camp, I sort of thought about it for a few days and it, in my head, it went from being a joke to something that I thought be a great idea. So I followed up Tim and Clint with a message and asked if they could put me in touch with Budgie Smuggler. Tim Tim reached out to I went and organised for me to go and meet the team over at Brookvale, which is where Budgie Smuggler is based. And um, the owner of Budgie Smuggler, Linny, he was, uh, was all on, on board with supporting me and helping a young, young guy like myself chase my dreams and I think um it was cool because Linny was uh 
similar um started out could sort of see the same see like what he could do to help help me like I guess he when he started with or bought the budgie smuggler business it was like not overly successful and he had a lot of people telling him that it wasn't a great idea and that he should give away the business or get a real job so to speak which is often in the back of your mind as a triathlete so and he stuck with it and pushed through and ended up Budgie Smuggler became a really successful business so I guess he could see a similar the similarities in triathlon in that you don't get success immediately and it can be like your back's against the wall financially at times or you're not making money but if you keep putting in the effort and showing up and doing your best that it can pay off so uh long long story but basically through networking and getting to know people and putting yourself out there one thing led to another and now I get to race around in red budgie smugglers and get a bit of uh, financial support from them as well I love it. Well, the commentators would surely give you a bit of a, a, bit of a rap for uh, the tie you wear, which would be it's always great for the for boss sponsorship. Um, that's a great story, though. I, I I like how you said that the the story is very similar to Budgie Smuggler. Like it's it seems like you guys resonated in the way that you're both caught up in uh, or areas which don't always have immediate returns. Like it's, it can take years and years to actually get some kind of reward out of it, gratification from what you're doing. So I think that comes down to what you said about the discipline and determination that takes to actually be at the level that you want to be at is is also through different aspects of life. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people will see that in the way that they're doing certain things, like whether it's uh, raising kids or building towards their own business or their own job or their own fitness goal is that they you do a lot of things which you don't seem like they're a lot of fun at the time, like being able to set boundaries for your kids where they cry or, you know, taking, sacrificing time away from the social aspects of your life if it's building business or even saying no to a couple of drinks when you're building a personal fitness goal or health goal. But in the end run, it, it really all adds up in terms of like the, the person that you want to be and, and the type of outcome that you want to get out there. So it makes a lot of sense. But yeah, to go back to what you're saying about the, the sponsorship, it's it's amazing where you can get benefit from without even thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%. Like um most people wouldn't think of Budgie Smuggler as a typical triathlon sponsorship, but it's kind of like um thinking outside the box, box a bit and, I guess yeah, like like you mentioned, a lot of a lot of things that are worthwhile in life they take like a long term long term view, and it might be that um in the short term you might have to make sacrifices or skip out on like some kind of short term pleasure, like whether that's skipping a few drinks or um, being disciplined in one way. But I guess it's having the long term vision to realize that you'll be better off better off in the long run and it's gonna help you to achieve what like a bigger bigger goal. And I guess you wanna you wanna look back in ten years time and know that you gave yourself every chance possible to achieve uh like a dream or something and you didn't 
half-ass it for the sake of something that was easy, easier in the in the short term. Mm, yeah, absolutely. That's great. No, that's really, really good point. I like, I like what you said there. Um, so, what, well, what's something that you'd recommend for, or you highlight for a lot of people who are struggling with seeing that end goal and not actually having that many rewards or benefits come of what they're working towards now? What, what would you say to them to actually get them to to think positively about? the process that they're going through. Well, I think um I think you have to just be be honest with honest with yourself and uh, take take the time to sit down and actually outline and your goals and where you want to be and then try and try and start start small and build a routine rooted build a routine or build habits so that it becomes second nature i know in in tri- triathlon specifically um so so many times you see people start with the sport and they just go way too extreme too early whether that's training too hard or just filling every hour of the day with a training session or going overboard and then ultimately it's unsustainable and leads to burnouts so i think you do have to with anything you do have to occasionally make sacrifices but in the long run long longevity is such an important aspect to anything so um i guess is now nowadays in society everyone wants like a short-term fix or a shortcut and is willing to i guess it's easy to go 100 percent 110 percent for a week but can you sustain that for years on years so I think it's about um my my piece of advice would be with anything would be to start small and um and like with manageable or start with small steps and make sure it's something that you can sustain in the long run and um yeah so that you stay on the pathway to towards your bigger goals you know you don't want to go overboard and then um burn yourself out or quit with whatever you're trying to do a month into month into it so yeah I think start start small manageable and I'm um, trying to build a routine and create create healthy healthy habits that help you take little steps towards your bigger goal mm, absolutely it's like going moving away from the the all or nothing approach where it's like like you have that whole bunch of motivation and I'm sure we've all seen it in ourselves. We get heaps of motivated to do something super amazing and we put all our motivation into doing it as much as we can in that first month and then realizing that we haven't built any sustainable habits. So we're just been trying to use that motivation as fuel to do everything when in fact we should have been spending more time building habits and therefore that will help build momentum into what we do because yeah, I've definitely done it before. I get heaps motivated to do something, and then sure enough, as the motivation wears off, there's absolutely nothing holding it there, and they end up just falling off the horse and and not being able to get back on until that motivation comes around again. You know, a couple of months later. So, yeah, I can understand what you're saying. Yeah, I think as well, if you go go with anything too hard too early, you sort of set a set an unachievable standard for yourself, and then anything below 
it feels like a failure, which is could be what improved little bit by little bit. You're kind of always on a upward trajectory, which definitely helps with motivation and discipline if you feel like you're making making steps forward rather than feel like you set out a million miles an hour and then feel like you're just behind after that initial motivation wears off. Mm, that's it. Building the right standard. I've never, I never thought about that one until you just said it. Where you said about you build a standard that you just can't sustain, and therefore, when you fall away from that, that that standard, I guess the you, yeah, you start losing the, your um, uh, your motivation to stay up there because you can't sustain it. So that, that's a really good point, actually. I've, I've never really thought of that, but that one. Um, so when it comes to what you're doing now, I see that you train both in Australia and also overseas, but where are you, where are you based in terms of your, your training at the moment? Uh, so at the moment I'm based in Sydney, at home with my parents and um, swimming it with a local squad made up of surf life-saving athletes and swimmers. And then, um, for three months of the year, I've been lucky enough the last couple of years to go over to Europe and base myself in St. Moritz in the Swiss Alps and train with a really uh, one of the arguably the world's best triathlon coaches and alongside multiple uh, world-class triathletes, Olympians, world champions. Yeah, so it's been really good to base myself between uh, Sydney and also Switzerland and Europe. Yeah, wow. That's so cool. It's such a, I'm sure, well, from the outside, it looks like the best lifestyle because all you do is just chase summers. But I'm sure there's obviously a bit of harder work when it comes to being in these camps with world champions and the, uh, and the best guy, uh, your coach, um, Brett Sutton, who's a bit of a tough nut. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely, it's definitely, uh, for the most part, it's super enjoyable and getting to do what I love and swimming, cycling and running and spend basically all year in summer is super enjoyable, but there is definitely some, some challenges. Like you do get a bit homesick at times and usually travel doesn't always go, go smoothly, especially traveling, traveling with a bike things. Often bikes get left at airports or go missing or bits and pieces get broken. So there's, definitely the fair share of challenges or yeah trying I remember the first time I went to um Switzerland was my own during um during COVID actually and I got a special exemption exemption to travel because triathlon was classified as work so that was my first time traveling overseas without my parents and then during COVID just presented presented another sort of challenge but yeah that was quite exciting and, and scary at the same time. And I remember landing in Zurich and trying to look at the signs, which are all in German and work out how to catch a train, train up to St. Moritz and what ticket to buy. You kind of have to, yeah, so it's, you kind of have to think on, think on the fly and overcome little challenges like that, which definitely help you to make you a better all-round round person it's not all about swim bike and run and becoming a better athlete but there's definitely challenges you have to overcome that help you to become independent and 
learn to look after yourself and overcome yeah different challenges. So how's your German coming along then? Oh, not not very well. I know auto autobahn means highway. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, and what I can say, you can say Dankeschön. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, danke. Thanks. At the at the grocery store helps. <laughs> Get the extra grapes if you say it enough times. Um, nice. <laughs> what else? Is, and uh, I guess what's what's the other one? The um, Prost. Prost. But cheers. Oh, I haven't haven't never said that before, so I'm, I'm not too sure. Well, there you go. You can use that one. Um, awesome. Yeah, cool. And one I think I wanted to also touch on was um your your brother is also a talented triathlete. Um, so how's it having a brother who's also competing? And I guess you got you guys don't actually spend all year together, don't you? Because you're in different spots. Uh yeah. So usually maybe three. three three months of the year we'll be apart if we're training in different spots but most of the time um we're together and we're ac we're actually twins although we don't don't look the same he's about my brother josh is about 10 centimeters taller than me and um has blonde hair and i've got uh red hair so we're uh, non-identical but we're we both do triathlons and i think that's actually helped a lot with staying staying in the sport so you're always kind of um trying to uh help each other out or sort of compete against each other i guess in training and um push each push push each other so yeah and then it's great as well just having a training partner i can imagine it'd be nice to have someone who is also going through the struggle of traveling competing training really hard making sacrifices but at least you've got someone along the way who's there to support you and as i said at the start it's very important to have a very good support network around you for whatever you're doing yeah i think i think as well having um having a, a twin brother you sort of can sometimes take it take it for take it for granted but yeah, it's definitely an advantage to have someone who's follow doing trying to follow a similar path pathway to you and yeah, I guess at, at times when your mates from school are out getting full-time jobs and things, you can sometimes second-guess guess yourself whether you should um, get a more real, realistic job in, in a way. But, yeah, when you have, for me, my case, having my brother also, when I'm overseas, having training partners who are in the same same boat and trying to find go to races and crack a good result or get that break breakthrough it's definitely helps to um stay focused mm. and at the end of the day is it is it worth it to you is it worth it chasing your dreams of being a triathlete with all the stresses and and different challenges that come up yeah a hundred percent i think um whilst not whilst i'm still young oh i'm fortunate enough to have my parents support and coaches and friends and sponsors and stuff and whilst whilst I'm still young and don't have the financial burden of a mortgage or have a family that I have to look after I think it's uh, a great time to for me anyway to take a, a risk in a way by pursuing a, a dream and whether 
I guess whether I go on to win a hundred races or win zero races, just getting it. I think it's um, it would have been a success either way because you've done something that I enjoy and would do even if I was working a regular job. I'd still do swim, bike, run, triathlon. So um, I think um, it's a success in just being able to what I've done up to this point, just being able to travel and see different parts of the world and race and, and train in unique and beautiful locations and make plenty of friends and network and things has been a success a success already. And I think um, with anything, if you enjoy enjoy what you're doing, then I think it's worth worthwhile. Sounds like you have a lot of gratitude for what you're doing and that you've already and what you've you've achieved so far. Yeah, I do have to I have to pinch myself at times for the support that I've been shown by and the time and energy other people and um, sponsors and family have put into me to help me chase my dreams and do the um, things and travel travel that I've been able to do. It's yeah, I know. Um, some people might not have the same opportunities or get as lucky as me. So yeah, I'm super, super fortunate and grateful. Yeah, but not just grateful for others, but it sounds like you you're grateful for yourself and also very appreciative of the experiences. Like I said, like it's you're very grateful for the opportunity to be able to train and um be in like some beautiful beautiful locations and chase summer all year and um yeah i think there's there's a bit of gratitude into yourself in there yeah yeah a hundred percent yeah awesome um so what's what uh races have you got coming up what's next uh next race will probably be the husky triathlon down in jarvis bay which isn't until late jarvis bay <laughs> Jervis Bay. I get in like trouble. I get into trouble from locals. I think everyone that's not from Jervis Bay calls it Jarvis Jarvis Bay. I know it's it's one of our pet peeves. Jervis Bay. So Husky Husky Triathlon is a pretty yeah. popular one, and that one that I've done the last few years. So that'll be the next one. But that's sort of three three months away now. So it's time to just put my head down and train and try and. Um, um, just getting stronger in swim bike and run and um, without any interruptions for the next 12 weeks until then to try and get a little bit better. Brilliant. Um, and just to finish up, just about, um, I always ask one question at the end to all my guests. And that was, what was something that stuck out to you personally um, when you're growing up in your family that you'd love to pass on to your uh, kids or nieces, nephews, and the next generation. Um, I think um, uh, just uh, the value my parents or family have placed on just just doing your best at whatever you do. It doesn't matter whether you're first or last or the best grades or don't go so well in a subject at Scott. It's just about whatever you undertake in life life or whatever um, challenges or jobs or uh, things that you have to do just to apply yourself 
in in the best way possible. And I think um, if you do that, I think you can't really be selective with what you put effort in effort into. I think you carry that attribute across multiple things. So I think if you, as an example, if you slack off at school in the classroom, you're going to find that those habits will creep into the extracurricular activities outside of of that so I think if you can work on developing that value of putting your best effort into everything that you do then it'll take you a long way yeah brilliant love that one absolutely love that one I think that's it says a lot isn't it when you put your effort into one thing you can show you how you can put effort into to more than just more than that just that venture but also to the rest of your life so I think it's brilliant um for those who want to find you and follow your journey and find out where they can get some red rocket body smugglers, <laughs> um, yeah. where where should they go? Do you have any socials or anything like that? Just um, Joel Wooldridge on Instagram is my main one. I try to keep everyone up to date with my next move and try and post little tips on triathlon and then traveling and yeah, Joel Woodridge on Instagram. And for your coaching, where do you, where can they find that if someone's interested in doing some triathlon coaching with you? Uh, direct message on Instagram. Uh, yeah, Joel Joel Woodridge. You can direct message as well. JW Tri Coaching, and I check my messages all the time, so I'll get back to you. Brilliant, love it. Well, um, I think there's a lot that I'm personally taking away from it as well because I think we all get caught up in not depreciating the journey, the process as we go. Uh, my girlfriend tells me all the time that I need to start enjoying what I'm doing yeah. <laughs> um, and getting less so caught up in trying to see, just trying to achieve the end goal. But yeah, I think what you're doing is is very inspiring because it gives a lot of people hope that what they're doing and what may seem very hard right now, if they continue working at it, and just keep putting the effort and making the connections or just trying to keep asking and, and put the effort in that they'll eventually achieve their goal and and create possibly the life that they, they've always dreamed about. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on the podcast, Jordan. What's an amazing episode from such a wise, intelligent human. So there's a lot that I'd like to go through in this one, but I'll stick to two or three points. The first one being, it's just so great to see people who are in individual sports, and this is a theme throughout pretty much all the episodes, who have been with athletes in individual sports, so they still seek out so much, um, so much benefit from being in a really good team. And they, they everyone keeps saying the same thing. It's not just about being an impre- impressive athlete and work in your own skills, but also making sure you surround yourself with the right people and also to make sure that you're also there serving each other and giving back. So I just think that is so great. No matter who you are, what you do, I think it's really important to make sure we have that foundation of support around us, whether that's for your teenager, if you're a parent, whether it's being someone who is an athlete and is trying to strive for the best, there is so much you can do having a great team around you. Uh, I also just loved how Joel went into how important it is to make sure you seek out those people and also how you're going to get rejected, people aren't going to message you back, but it's really important to make sure 
you just keep being curious, keep by asking the questions, and people are more than happy to help help out. Especially which you mentioned with um with our other famous triathlete Tim Reed with his uh, bike, is that people want to help. They want to do the right things, especially if you're curious and hardworking, and want to see a better future for yourself. So I just think that's really inspiring. And most of all, I just think it's really great to see that no matter how good your results are, whether they're good, they're bad, in between, it's about the process, getting out there, trying cool things, and just living the life that's authentic and genuine to you. And I believe that goes a long way, especially in the world of being fulfilled and building your own legacy. Like, how important is it to actually make sure that you're living up to your standards and making sure that you're being the person that you want to be? And helping inspiring others around you too so a lot i took away from the episode i'll definitely be reflecting more on that as we go but at the end of the day i just think it's great to have different athletes from different sports different journeys lots of different challenges along the way and i think it's a really great way to be to be uh living our life so i've got to thank joel again for coming on i think it was really great and we look forward to get more guests on in the future to see how we can start improving ourselves and the next generation together so Hope you guys have a great day. Looking forward to seeing you back soon. Let's get to it.